It's our third annual Forgotten Horror Spooky Spectacular. Is that really what we're calling it? It's what I'm calling it. We should be calling it presented by John Carpenter as we're doing two of his films this year with Prince of Darkness and In the Mouth of Madness. We're also getting stranded with bloodthirsty vampires for 30 days of night and trying to scare Jessica to death in Let's Scare Jessica to Death. You didn't think that last one through, did you? Nope. Forgotten Horror is back. And as always, we're part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Keep it spooky, y'all. Attention, culture consumers. Join me, the queen of queries, Sarah O'Connor, and my band of nerdy knights. Colleen McMillan. Flo Siegel. And Anders Drew. On Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms, especially that Star Wars galaxy far, far away. Listen each week as we examine the stories that mean so much to us. Bohemian Geek Studies is available wherever you get your podcasts and is proudly part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hello and welcome to a new special episode, special report (laughs) (laughs) of Cracking One Open with Mike and Elise, Universal Studios Orlando edition. So uh, those of you who watch our episode or listen to our episode uh, live (laughs) or when it first comes out will notice we were late this week because we were driving back from Orlando and uh, it was- It took- 22 hours. Ooh, it was only supposed to take like 16, 17. <laughs> uh, it was quite the drive back from uh, Florida to Connecticut. Um, but we are back. We have tried, I believe, all the special beers. That are exclusive. Exclusive to uh, Universal Orlando. So we're here to talk about them. Yeah. If you followed our Instagram, if you follow our Instagram and Facebook account, you'll see the some of the posts we made about them. Mm-hmm. Um and now we're going to kind of go through the list, kind of ad hoc, just tell you guys about the beer. So we don't have a lot of history about these beers. A lot of the brewers just go, yeah, it's our own. It's brewed. It's our own proprietary. For us. Yeah. yeah not really like who brews it. Um, we have our we have ideas, ideas that we'll probably talk about. But um, let's get into that. All right. So first up, we have, I guess, let's start with the ones we did. The one we did first. Yeah. Which I think probably is up there on my favorite list. I know that because I kept going oh, back for, for you. It. Yep. Um, NBC Sports Bar and Grill, uh, which is in Universal City Walk, mm-hmm. is you know your typical all American pub kind of place. It's just yeah, sports bar, something you'd find like in New York City or Connecticut or, or Rhode Island, yeah, or anywhere. Kind of like your Buffalo Wild Wings ish kind of place. Yes, that's a perfect description. Um, so we try not to eat there as often not because they're bad they're actually quite good but just because it's not as interesting unique yeah but, but they do have a very unique beer selection yeah they have a ton of beer so it's a great place to grab a drink uh maybe an appetizer or two yeah while um, you're waiting for your reservation at another place <laughs> <laughs> but their beers are phenomenal they have so many different uh taps a lot of florida stuff that you can't get like in connecticut or mm-hmm. probably most other places but also a lot of stuff from around the country mm-hmm. but they do have their own beer it's called the 862 mm-hmm. and 862 we learned stands for what the restaurant name was called 
I guess they theme them after the fact. Yeah. So they knew it was going to be a grill and bar or like a, a grill and pub kind of thing. <laughs> but initially it was just known as 862. 862. Project 862. And then NBC kind of went in and bought it and themed it up from there, which I thought was very interesting. Yes. Like uh, one of our favorite restaurants on City Walk is Antojitos. Mm-hmm. So my guess is they it was like Mexican restaurant project 675 or something like that. And, yeah. and then it gets themed to whatever they want later. Bob, uh, the Jamaican place, Bob Marley's. Mm-hmm. Um, was probably, you know, Jamaican restaurant 25 or, or, yeah. or even like singer restaurant 22. And they waited to get like a theme on there. So yeah, that's pretty cool. So they call their beer 862. Mm-hmm. So they have an 862 IPA and an 862 seasonal at all times. Mm-hmm. So I guess the uh, 862 IPA was something that you had a couple times. Yep. Um, why don't you kind of go over what you thought of it? Yeah, so there's, like Mike said, there's the 862 IPA and the 862 um, kind of like rotational series. So I had the IPA, um, which was excellent. Kind of your typical West Coast IPA, I felt like. Um, a little rem- bit. Reminiscent of. Yeah, it had a little bit more of a grapefruit kind of thing going on. There. Yeah, it had a strong grapefruit um, back like undertone, but overall it was more on the bitter kind of piney resiny side um kind of a darker am not not quite an amber color but almost like a almost just like a pale ale color yeah a little darker but it was surpri- darker. so it's surprising that something that dark had grapefruit notes yeah but it, it, was, it was very, very good. refreshing yeah that's actually the first beer Which, that we had in general it's true as soon as we got the city walk mm-hmm. and you had the seasonal so the seasonal was awesome. The first seasonal I was going to maybe have was a Kolsch. No, I had a Kolsch. That is the Kolsch, yeah. The first seasonal I was going to have was going to be some kind of orange-based thing. Um, but what I ended up having was the seasonal Kolsch, which is which is what they replaced it with, mm-hmm. uh, which I was totally fine with. Oh, yeah. They were like, oh, so sorry. We ran out of the what what you thought we had. We have this, actually. And he was yeah. like, oh, perfect. It's actually a Kolsch. And I was like, well, I've been really into Kolsch's lately, so that's perfect. And I, anybody who listens to this knows I we have been into Kolsch's a lot, yeah. especially <laughs> me lately. Um it was a very interesting culture. It wasn't like any culture I had because no. it was so fruity. It was mm-hmm. blueberry and raspberry. It was light and crisp like a culture, but it had these almost soury bit blueberry raspberry notes to it. Mm-hmm. And it really was like having like a, a blue raspberry icy uh, <laughs> like in your beer a little bit. Melted into it. <laughs> but like not like an not a cloyingly sweet way. It no. was lightly sweet like a culture. Mm-hmm. Um, but that blueberry raspberry taste was absolutely like there and combined. It was Super really, summery. really summery, really crisp. Uh, it's weird that that was their new seasonal because it's October. Be- yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, but in it's Florida, a, it's apparently, also called some people call it Hot-tober. Uh And that name is quite accurate. Yeah, we almost always go down in September. And this year we went down in October and it. Never again. <laughs> if we can help it. <laughs> it was the hottest yes the uh, sweat was real so while most people are enjoying their pumpkin lattes and their pumpkin spice you get a seasonal blueberry raspberry kolsch yeah and it was awesome and i probably had that uh quite uh quite a few times yeah during the vacation going back to it just getting one round or something mm-hmm. and i know you also ordered it a couple times yep uh but 
Yeah, nice I thought it, I thought it was great. Nice and light and summery and refreshing. Agreed. So, I mean, if if you go to NBC Sports Bar and Grill, if it sounds a little more, you know, normal, a little more like, hey, we can get this at home. Yeah. Go in and at least get a if you if you like beer, which you listen to this podcast, go I in and just check out their beer, beer selection because it's it's really something else. And then they have a lot of interesting things that you can't get most other places. And their proprietary beers are very, very good. Yes. Next up, we went to Lombard's, mm -hmm. which is their kind of San Francisco themed, uh, not really a bar and grill, more of a seafood. It's more of a seafood restaurant. Yeah. It's definitely um, both. Universal Studios and Islands of Adventure, which are the two of the three different parks Universal has, mm -hmm. have, you know, fast food restaurants. They have more sit down slash fast food type restaurants. Mm -hmm. And then they have this, which is definitely a, a, a nicer end. Yeah, this is so, definitely one of the nicer restaurants inside the parks. Yeah. So Studios has Lombards, Islands has Mythos. Mm hmm. And which, also Confusco. And Mythos is rated like the number one theme park restaurant. In the world. Yep. Mythos is amazing, but they don't have their own proprietary beer. No. Um, so we did not do anything. But they don't Mythos. need it because their food is amazing enough. <laughs> not that Lombard's isn't. We go to Lombard's for a reason as well. Yes. <laughs> uh, shout out to the Poke Bowl. Oh, yeah. That was so good. <laughs> uh, so this is also almost kind of a cheat because they also don't have their own proprietary beer. But this is something that we couldn't, that we've never seen anywhere else. Yes. Uh, usually I get the Anchor Steam there because mm -hmm. it's a San Francisco restaurant uh in there that's fake where you San fell Francisco in love with area. anchor steam that's where I, I first had anchor steam yeah and that's when you know when we saw they had a christmas beer which we always covered their christmas beer it's because i had had anchor steam proper at lombards and loved it yep. unfortunately they've been having i guess distribution issues yeah so i hope we can get the christmas beer this year so lombards has not been able to get anchor steam so instead i ordered a heavy seas beer uh which i don't think i've ever had anything from heavy seas and it was called the Tropi Cannon Citrus IPA. Uh, it was really unlike, I, I think, any beer I've ever had before. Yeah. It, my, my note is it's almost not a so beer. So orange, much <laughs> wow. It's it's really orange. Uh, not really. Tr Tropi Cannon kind of is a misnomer because it yeah. really is just orange. It's orange, but it's orange like orange peel, orange oil. It's like orange, orange like essentials. Essence. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's lightly bitter. It's very refreshing, but it is just like you're going to taste orange for the rest of the day. And you did. And I did. So uh, be careful when you're pairing it with food. Yes. Oh, man, that was such a weird beer. Mm -hmm. It was definitely so glad you got orange. it. Though. Yeah, I'm glad I tried it now. I'm glad I tried it once. You know, I would I would maybe order it again to try to remember what it tastes like. Mm -hmm. But I would definitely not something I can get all the time because yeah. it, it was so heavy on the orange and you really couldn't taste any beer it was more like a carbonated orange drink yeah kind of it was really odd but really <laughs> interesting i'm glad i tried it mm -hmm. uh and then uh the next thing we got was uh in thunder falls in the jurassic park area of islands of adventure yeah which was a restaurant that we actually hadn't tried yet no it almost is always closed or not serving anybody when we go down. Mm -hmm. um, but this year, because they're so busy uh, right now. So busy. Uh, they were they were open uh, for business. So this is not in the visitor center. 
of Jurassic Park, like the classic mm-hmm. movie visitor center. This is a little further down. They have almost the type of restaurant you would see in like the real Jurassic Park if you were walking <laughs> around like halfway. The decorations oh, hey. inside were so cool. There's fossils in the beams. <laughs> There's these tropical plants hanging down from huge vaulted ceilings. Mm-hmm. Uh, one half of the restaurant, which we didn't get to sit at, had these huge windows that looked out into this super tropical jungle because the Jurassic Park world is just surrounded by the it's luscious like all enveloping in this yeah it really was you know Jungle. people yeah people talk about star wars and harry potter world but jurassic park world was made in the 90s yeah and does and a great job just of blocking as immersive everything mm-hmm. except for harry potter's castle which is right next to it which kind of is so tall you can't <laughs> block it yeah you can't really block but it but the lush jungle there is just awesome and you hear you can hear some they, dinosaur they sounds like and crickets little, yeah like insects and the music going on so is cool. awesome too because they'll play the Jurassic Park theme when you walk through the the big arches, the big arches. But then when you walk deeper into the park, they play island type music. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they also play kind of like steel drum versions of the Jurassic Park <laughs> soundtrack, which is really really cool. And I, it didn't even dawn on me at first. You pointed it out to me, and I was like, ah. <laughs> so the restaurant's really cool. The the big windows on the other side of the restaurant look also out onto the. Uh, Jurassic Park ride, mm-hmm. which is a huge waterfall kind of thing that drops out a boat. So you can actually see it from that window while you're eating. Uh, and the whole theme is just great. But this year, because of Velocicoaster, mm-hmm. they've kind of celebrated that with their creating their own beer. So now to celebrate the Velocicoaster, they have also released a Isla Nublar IPA. IPA. And I know you weren't a big fan. I wasn't a huge fan. <laughs> but I thought it was really good. It's essentially a West Coast IPA, and it's very piney with a lot of pineapple. Lots and lots it's, of pineapple. It's definitely like some pineapple puree in a West Coast IPA. Basically. Uh, it's got a slight bitterness. It's very tropical, though, and it's just pineapple to the max. Yep. Uh, dot, dot, dot. That is all. That is my <laughs> note. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it really went well with my very interesting... Rice, rice bowl. bowl that I had, mm-hmm. which was great because they they theme the food. You know, when you get a lot of the fast food options, the sit down kind of fast food, like I guess it's if you consider the food options as three tiers, mm-hmm. there's like fast yeah, oh, food, yeah. <coughs> like the kebab place, which yeah, is still kind of interesting. Legs. The turkey legs, just burger, Basically fry, like hot dogs. the kiosks, yeah, popcorn, and then you get like the second tier stuff, like in. Simpsons World, the second tier stuff is mm-hmm. still kind of fast foody, but it's really good fast food. Yes. Because they have their own um, Springfield food court. Fast food boulevard. Fast food boulevard where it's like Cletus's chicken shack, but yep. it's like a chicken waffle sandwich, which is apparently amazing. Mm-hmm. A rib witch, Luigi's pizzas. So they're, they're still a little higher up. And then the other places like Thunder Falls, Burger Digs, the ones that are in the bigger themed areas you think are just... All right, that's just going to be a hamburger hot dog, but it's not. Yeah. Like the burger digs we'd always avoid was like a Costa Rican burger with these interesting meats on it and yeah. all this stuff. They really do elevate those kind of themed food courts mm-hmm. to another level than their kiosks. Yeah. Uh, and then. And I just realized we got the same lunch twice. Oh, because we, we, we both, both got, got that the rice, rice bowl. bowl. Yep. I had mine with jackfruit, which I've never had before, and it was really weird. <laughs> <laughs> and you had chicken, of course. I had the, but the chicken had like a special sauce on it. Mm. Some kind of interesting chicken I've never had. Uh, so 
Yeah, I thought that beer was great, paired perfectly with that rice ball and really mm-hmm. helped to theme the food around like eating in Costa Rica, which I thought was really, really cool. Yeah. Uh, and really does. You know, you look out the window in Jurassic Park and you see the green Jeep out the window, the fossils on the thing, signs for, you know, Camp Cretaceous and Paradon Riders and Flyers. Even though it's just theme park rides, if you really, with the new Velociraptor attraction, adding the electric fences, Mm -hmm. it really does feel like you're in Jurassic Park. It's really, really Pretty awesome. The next beer we had is the... uh, you know, I actually know I want to come. I want to combine those all in one. So the next beer I want to talk about is the Volcano Bay beers, oh, which yes. you also had, which we love, which we've talked about on the show before. Yes. So this is one of the ones where we have an idea on who makes it. Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't you? I've been talking a lot. Why don't you go ahead and <laughs> tell them. So we are pretty confident that this beer is made by Kona Brewing Company. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, very tropical. Um, we see Kona, other Kona selections throughout their other restaurants. Um, and I think Volcano Bay has two other Kona beers on draft, right? Oh, really? One in bottle, one in draft. I didn't see that on the menu because we, both times we've gotten this one. So this one is called Volcano Blossom. Um, it's a golden ale and it's got lots of like flowery, like hibiscus. It is. Yeah, definitely hibiscus. Very, very like lightly sweet. Super refreshing, which is what you need when you're at the water park, like in the hot sun all day long. Yeah. So Volcano Bay is their water park, their third park Mm -hmm. of the three parks in Orlando. And it's just this giant water park um, Mm -hmm. centered by this ginormous water volcano, (sighs) which is awesome to look at. Yep. Uh, And there's a wave pool like directly underneath it. Yep. And the, the volcano actually spouts water up the top. And then the volcano is one of the largest things you see at. Universal Studios when you're driving up to the park. Yep. You, yeah, you can see it from the highway. Yeah. It's really, really cool. So, And it has a ride, quote unquote, ride built into the volcano where you drop so far. Down the entire <laughs> volcano, yeah. Feels like you're falling forever, but the ride is like th- a three second drop or something yep. like that. And then at the top, they have two dueling slides, which were closed this year when we were there. Which sucked because it was really fun last year. Or last time, not last year. 20, eh, 2020 doesn't exist. Whatever. <laughs> but yeah, the whole the whole place is tropical. I mean, we have, um, unfortunately, the Volcano Bay wasn't that busy. So they only had very few things. They usually have two or three bars and two or three little mini restaurant mm-hmm. uh, food court things available. And it, I think only one bar and one, maybe two restaurants. One One <laughs> quick and one like full. I don't even think they had the, the quick one. Oh, really? I think that was closed Dang. the whole time. It was just the, uh, just that one full thing and then one bar, but they're really cool themed. They look like little tiki huts, mm-hmm. uh, or that like they're in old Hawaiian boats and stuff there. It's all very kind of, I don't need to say tiki. Mm-hmm. It's very, it maybe a little bit poly, like Polynesia in general, but very Hawaiian focused it, yeah, in terms feels of the decorations, which is what makes this beer perfect. Mm-hmm. And that hibiscus nose, but I think. It's very similar to a lot of the Kona we have, which is why we believe yeah. it's made by the Kona uh, Brewing Company because it is so similar to a lot of beers that they make. Yeah. And again, uh, this is speculation, but we're, we're pretty confident. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it would make sense because they're very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, not just in taste profile, but like who else would you go to? Yeah. That would make a tro- that make tropical beers in America other than Kona. 
exactly. But that that's a go-to. Like, we know we're going to have that beer when we go to Volcano Bay. Mm-hmm. Like, one of the mixed drinks and that beer. For sure. So, next up, we've got three beers that can be found in the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. So, those three beers are uh, Hogshead, which is a like a light um, kind of sweet, very malty um, ale or technically a, a Scottish red. A Scottish red. Um, very, very good. <laughs> I like your note here. Right up Mike's Nocturne Alley. <laughs> it, it is right up my Nocturne Alley. <laughs> Which if you've read or seen the movies, you'll get that joke. Um, very, very good. But that can only be found in... Hogsmeade. Hogsmeade. Um, in the Hogshead. Specifically the Hogshead Brewery. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that beer was phenomenal. Yes. That's probably up there with my favorite beers of the trip. Wow. I think a lot of people And we are, hadn't had that in previous years, correct? No. Okay. The only thing I had ever had was the Dragon Scale, which we'll get to. Yeah. Uh, but, which I only had my first year. The Hogshead is super refreshing for a darker red ale yeah yeah you have i brought it out um and we drank some of it outside in the sun because uh, it can get pretty crazy crazy in the bar it was like lunchtime so it was like we couldn't really justify sitting down taking a table for one beer that we were sharing between the two of us so we were out in the sun in hogsmeade which although it looks like a winter wonderland it was like 100 degrees outside and we're drinking this darker red ale but i thought it was super refreshing and super delicious uh, it was just really, really well themed. I think, and apparently one of the highest EBV <laughs> ones that they make. Yeah, but it didn't taste like it though. No. It was just really, really good. And I always talk about on the podcast, you know, people shy away from making reds, and obviously they didn't because it can theme to kind of like what's very English or mm-hmm. Scottish. Um, because I believe Hogwarts is located in Scotland, right? They filmed in Scotland. Right. So you want to make something very Scottish in that point. Mm-hmm. You want to make something that's close to the area because Hogsmeade is the one right next to Hogwarts Castle uh, in the two parks. Mm-hmm. So Hogsmeade is located in Islands of Adventure. Yeah. And that's also where you get the Hogwarts ride and the Hogwarts Castle. And I'm glad they made a Scottish red because so few oh, people yeah. make reds. And although it's Not like enough. because of the theming, <laughs> I was like, oh, it's so good. So good. <laughs> So you hear that, Baruch? If you want to impress me, just make me a red and I'll love you forever. (laughs) Um, Do you want to talk about the Wizards Brew? Yeah. So the next, which is another exclusive, is Wizards Brew. And that is only available in Diagon Alley. And Diagon Alley is in Orlando, is in Universal Universal Studios. Studios. So getting into Diagon Alley is amazing. Mm -hmm. So everything's built into these other than maybe uh, Springfield which is obviously not a real city. <laughs> Everything else in Universal Studios is done as if it is a film studio lot. So you have fake New York, you have fake San Francisco, mm-hmm. you have fake Los Angeles mm-hmm. on the other side. And you have fake London. And then you have fake London. And fake London gives you these hints of Harry Potter. You've got the night bus uh, with the voodoo head and the bus <laughs> driver where you could take pictures and talk to them. Mm-hmm. There's a... a a uh, stand that sells pasties, pasties, <laughs> and a big fountain that you'd find in London. Mm-hmm. 
the King's Cross stations right there, which is the only way to go park to park. If you have a park to park ticket where you can go to islands or studios, whichever you'd like. Yep. I mean, you can walk, but it's a lot more fun to take the train. Right. You can go into King's <laughs> as Cross. As long as there's not a huge wait. Use your ticket and you can actually go on the Hogwarts Express. You go into the subway, you go through the nine and three quarters arch. Disappear yeah. through the wall. You watch other people disappear through the wall that you're, with uh, trick mirrors and stuff. And then you actually take the Hogwarts Express, which is a little kind of mini ride in of itself, but it's a monorail that connects the parks. And very, a lot of people, clever. when you first enter, don't know where Diagon Alley is because people go like, isn't there Harry Potter world around here? And <laughs> some people don't know. You can see people coming out of this uh, other building mm-hmm. in the center, this big building in the center, and you kind of follow it in and the walls kind of break away. And, and you, you walk in. You can into, hear like the brick, they play like sounds of bricks grinding. Oh, as if it's opening. Yeah. Yep. And then you hear the slow swell of different Harry Potter songs as you walk <sighs> into Diagon Alley. And it's even more impressive than Jurassic Park because these buildings block literally every other yep. site of Universal Studios and sound. And sound. All you hear is different selections from the Harry Potter score. Yep. You hear people working, you hear people in the buildings working to mm-hmm. daily profit, uh, working about what their new newspaper story hear, yeah, is. The journalists talking. Yeah, the people in the shops making different pastries or trying to sell their wares. And there's the dragon on top of Gringotts. So that roars giant fireballs every like 10 to 15 minutes. Yep. It's, it's really, really cool. And in that world, their exclusive beer is. Wizards Brew. Mm-hmm. So Wizards Brew, I didn't know what it was. I guess you knew what it was because you had looked it up. Mm-hmm. So I ordered it on the hottest day that we were there. Yep. Or the second hottest day of we were course. there. Of course. And the feels like was literally like 103. And it was a stout. <laughs> <laughs> so I bought a stout and drank it in the hot sun. Wee. <laughs> but I will say uh, for a stout, which I know there are so many people who go stouts are all... Like there's somebody around here who wears like a shirt that's like stouts are for for all year round. Yeah. That's a lie. That's a goddamn lie. Stouts are for the winter and fall, man. They are heavy, chocolatey coffee things that really (laughs) sit really heavy, which does not do well for your stomach in the heat. Mm -mm. That being said, I think as a stout. This is the most summary of stouts. Yeah. This is the stout that you can probably drink the best of of many of the stouts. I don't know if it's the only one I've had, but it's a light stout that allowed that kind of lends itself toward the summer where it's like, all right, it's a stout. I get it. It's England. But it kind of works. Yeah. Uh, They do. And I'm sure it it sells a little bit better when during the quote unquote cooler months in Florida, when it gets down to a brisk 70. Oh, it's 65 degrees. I need a I need a hot coffee (laughs) and a a stout. So around Christmas, it must sell great. (laughs) But that being said, it really was an interesting stout because you said that the notes that are listed online for it say it's Mm -hmm. a coffee. Yeah. Coffee, chocolatey, yeah. And all I got was chocolate. Yeah, that was a straight up chocolate bar. <laughs> it was it was really chocolatey, but very refreshing. Um, uh, there were some notes of coffee to calm down the chocolate a little bit, but are th- almost just kind of there to cut the chocolate where the chocolate's all you taste. Yeah, I mean, it, it very it complements chocolate very very well. Um, but I I felt like it could have been a little bit more present. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed it and I liked that it was light sweetness. Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, it's heavy chocolate, but it's not like, uh, like Toothsome's Chocolate Emporium. Mm-hmm. 
in City Walk, which is like a dessert restaurant, basically. Yeah, it looks like a giant chocolate factory from the outside. <laughs> when you go in, they have two beers that are chocolate beers. I don't remember if either, I don't believe either are proprietary. No. Because um, NBC Sports Bar and Grill actually serves one of those. But they are very sweet chocolate beers. Yeah, it's a dessert. This is not very sweet. It's got notes of chocolate, but it's just just a light stout. So we tried to find some shade to drink it because still it is not a good beer for that intense summer, but it is a very good stout. The third beer is available in both. Mm -hmm. So this is available in both Diagon Alley and uh, Hogsmeade is called Dragon Scale. And I believe Dragon Scale was their first beer that they made. Yeah, I think so too. So this beer I had my first year, I didn't really remember it much. I had it again now. And I can kind of tell why I didn't remember it much the first from the first year. It's, it's your typical ale. It's a red Pilsner, mm-hmm. I believe. It's uh, it's okay. Yeah. It doesn't quite know what it wants to be. <laughs> I would say it doesn't know if it wants to be a red or it doesn't know if it wants to be a Pilsner. Yeah. It's not bad per se. It's just confused. <laughs> It's a confused beer. It's it's really, I would say it's lighter than either of the other two, the Hogshead or the Witch's Brew, but it's still just, I mean, the Hogshead isn't that not refreshing. Yeah. And the Dragon Scale is just kind of so wishy-washy on what it, what it is. It's just kind of like they poured a Pilsner and a Red together and went, eh, shake it up. And bit. done. I would get it again, maybe, but I would probably prefer either the Boar's Head or the Witch's Brew. If I was going to get a beer in the Harry Potter world. Yeah, I, w- I would actually probably get the Witch's Brew. Over all three of them? Um, yeah, the, the... The Stout? Oh, no, 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 sorry. The... The, the Hogshead. Hogshead, yes. That's what the, I thought. The, I was like, the you're red. not going for the Stout. No. I would also probably go for the Hogshead over the other one. And uh, I, I mean, I do like Stouts and I would still get the Hogshead because it's a Scottish red. It's very interesting. It's very refreshing. And it's not a beer you're going to get outside of the parks in that vacation center or even really too many places. Cause like we say, not a lot of people, places do the Scottish reds like that. Yeah. Then of course there are, there's one other beer that is proprietary to universal and it is, the greatest of all beers. It is the beer that has <laughs> to be there. You could not not have this beer because you have this land. Drumroll, and that is please. <laughs> Duff beer at Simpsons Brewery. Oh yeah, that's right. Your favorite Duffs are there, Surly, <laughs> <laughs> who only looks out for Surly. All the all the different drunks are there. Mm-hmm. Uh. Going into Springfield world is awesome. Even as it's just a hodgepodge of different places, it's not quite as like put together like Diagon Alley where it's a complete movie set. Simpsons world is so fun and fill up so many different sites. There's a lard lad donut, which you have to get the big pink. The big pink is amazing. And like, okay, I love donuts. Donuts do not love me. However, this donut is amazing. It's so light and flaky and cakey and the strawberry frosting. It's just a big pink strawberry frosted donut. The kind that Homer Simpson's Homer Simpson loves. Uh, 
you've got Bumblebee. Bumblebee Man has a, uh, a taco, taco truck. truck, a burrito truck out there when you first enter. Playing the Cucuracha with his big head up there. You've got the comic book guy's shop mm-hmm. is actually the faux wall like for the bathroom. Yep. But you got the Quickie Mart, which is the merch shop. Yep. And it's just got a whole bunch of merchandise in there, but it looks like exactly like the movie. You got Moe's Bar, which the inside say, of Moe's yeah, Bar. That's got to be the the quote unquote set. That is that the they, set. Yeah. yeah. That's so themed exactly like uh, it's a little bigger. Down to like the stained glass windows. <laughs> stained glass windows. It's got the pool table. It's got the same exact record player. It's got mm-hmm. the love tester. Yep. It's really got all everything. the like the flags on the inside of all the different teams. Yep. You've got the the big pink TV mm-hmm. in the little corner playing TV clips of The Simpsons. Uh, it, it really is awesome. And of course, there's Duff Brewery as well outside mm-hmm. where you can get Duff at Moe's or you can get Duff at the brewery. Unfortunately, uh, either due to business or just COVID, there aren't a lot of seats in Moe's right now. There's like yeah. three. I think it was actually more due to business than COVID. Because um, one day they only had one stool. The other day they had four. Yeah, it was kind of strange. but. The other times we've come, they've had stools going the entire way, but it's mm-hmm. never been lines out the door busy trying to get beer there. Yeah. Duff Brewery is kind of like an outdoor beer garden. Mm-hmm. So that's really well themed. There's little beer garden flags. Uh, they have different flags advertising Duff, like Duff Man's True Best Friend. It's got Santa's little help in a <laughs> tropical shirt. And all the workers are like Duff Brewery guys. And on the edge, they have a a little gift shop, which with just Duff Brewery merchandise. Yes. So like I have a backpack and a tank top and you have a tank top. Yep. I got a tank top this year. Duff beer is awesome. Every year we go it's because so it's September good. and October. There's a third beer on draft, which is Dufftoberfest. <laughs> I don't know if they have like Duff summer and stuff like that during mm-hmm. the summer. Obviously. Duff lends itself to different seasonal varieties. Oh, yeah. Like doof. doof. <laughs> uh, so Duff is really the standout beer at Universal. 100%. It's great. It's beer. It, it doesn't pretend to be anything else. It doesn't try to be too fancy about it. Uh, I would say it's. This is another one where we think we know who brews it, but mm-hmm. we might be wrong because it's far away. But uh, so is Kona. Yeah. I I really think Sam Adams might make this beer. Yeah. It really is close to Sam Adams. And that's coming from someone who doesn't like Sam Adams that much. I like some of their seasonal stuff, but it is close to a Sam, like a better improved Sam Adams. It is. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And that's probably what they were going for because I think Duff is very Sam Adams like Mm -hmm. in terms of how it's presented in the Simpsons. Mm -hmm. It's, Malty, it's lightly sweet. A little sweet, yeah. It's refreshing. It's Super refreshing. very nicely carbonated. It's very, very fun bubbles mm-hmm. on the tongue. Uh, and and it doesn't go too bitter, but it's got a little bit of bitterness. Just it's it's very a nicely great balanced. Balanced beer. It's probably like, it's just it's just an ale. Yeah. And it's fantastic. And what's nice is they also have Duff Light, which isn't what you would think. It's not like Bud Light. It's actually more of a kind of a Stella Artois meets um, Blue Moon almost. Yeah, it's like a Pilsner. It's very floral and light. Um, Very, very good. It doesn't taste like your typical light beer. 
because it's probably more calories than a typical light beer. Oops. <laughs> it's probably <laughs> it's probably called Duff Light, but it's it's probably a pilsner. Yeah. Uh disguising itself as a light, which is why it's L-I-T-E mm-hmm. on uh, below the Duff sign instead of L-I-G-H-T. Yeah, that's true. But it's still a really good beer. It's really refreshing. Mm-hmm. Uh when we're fun, fun tip. When you're doing Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios, mm-hmm. which opens at 6.30 when the park closes at 5, you can go to a stay and scream. Or if you're already in the park for the day and you have Halloween Horror Night tickets, there are certain places you can stay. Instead of being kicked out and having to come back kicked in out, with the huge crowds, you get to kind of hide away and get released early and get in line for the best houses. Right. When you're there, you can... You have to go back and scan your ticket. There are certain places where you have to kind of recheck in mm-hmm. within the park. But then they release you into, okay, do you want to sit down and wait for these? Here's where we're going to hold all the people who want to go, like in this case, this year, like the Beetlejuice ride or the mm-hmm. haunting, uh, haunting on Hill House ride. Or do you want to just go into this line? This is where people are just going to chill. And you can be there. Mm-hmm. As soon as they clear out that section of the park, they'll release you and you can you're go free back to wander around, into... Yeah wherever you were in your stay and scream. And in our case, we always choose Duff. So we get released. Cause duh. <laughs> and we go into Duff and we kind of chill out until we see that the park is cleared and people are doing their mazes and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. then we'll go do all the stuff. Um, and it's a great stay and scream location. It's a yeah, great it's place to chill out. You drink beer under the cover of Duff brewery. Yep. Watching They've clips of the Simpsons. pretzels and corn dogs. Yep. So definitely recommend you do that. And Dufftoberfest is a fantastic uh, Oktoberfest beer. It's Duff with the malt kicked up to like an 11. Yeah, it's more of a Marzen. Yeah, it's, it's sweeter, but it really is a really nice Oktoberfest that's just kind of like... And not heavy. Like it's not... Not super heavy, no. You could definitely put a couple back. Uh, but man, I just... Duff is so good. Uh, <laughs> I knew you were saving the best for last. <laughs> You gotta, you gotta try Duff if you like beer and you're in Universal. Nothing says beer like a Duff. Nope. You know, do what Duff Man says. <laughs> <laughs> it really is the standout beer of Universal Studios and you know Simpsons World. Although you know it's cartoons, it's it's you know they it's kind of kid friendly. It really is for adults because Moses Bar yep. Duff Brewery's right there. They know. The age that their their fans (laughs) kind of skew now for Simpsons World. And it's phenomenal. I think one of the best things about Universal is Simpsons World. It's awesome. It's a lot of fun. It just puts a smile on your face walking through it. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, you're heartless. It's true. And it also puts a smile in my belly. So that's it. That's all the beers at Universal Studios that are proprietary. We did try a couple of other things like uh, there was a pumpkin uh, beer that was quite good during mm-hmm. Halloween Horror Nights that we would recommend if you want to try that. Uh, there's like Swamp Ape at Grill and Brew, which is oh, a, yeah. a Florida beer. Obviously, they have High Lie, which is a Florida based beer, yep. but you can get that pretty much anywhere. Uh, so yeah, try out all the different beers, but the ones that we tried are exclusive to Universal Studios and they they seem to know what they're doing when it comes to making their own exclusive beers. I know everybody loves Disney, but I don't think Disney has any exclusive beers. Uh, oh, really? Of the, they're their own. Maybe in the new Star Wars park mm. where they have a bar, but I don't know if anything is exclusive to Disney, uh, whereas Universal kind of 
is a theme park. You can bring your whole family, but I think Universal's got a lot of more adult type oriented entertainment yeah. and things for them to do in a theme park, which is why we go back every year. And Halloween Horror Nights is great. The park is great. It's so good. You, you haven't been to a haunted house until you've been to Halloween Horror the Nights. Haunted houses. It's a movie studio. So they, you would hope they, they knew know how to do what their, they are doing. their houses and their maze as well. Uh, and yeah. Think that about. That's something that wraps it up. Yeah. So thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode. Sorry we were a little bit late, but we promise we'll get right back on track for you next week. Uh, if you enjoyed it, please rate it, review it, and share it with your friends and subscribe to catch our future episodes. You can find us on crackandoneopen.com or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at crackandoneopen or shoot us an email at crackandoneopen at gmail.com with any comments, questions, or suggestions because we we always want to hear from you. It's true. It's true. You got any plugs you want to talk about? Listen to Forgotten Cinema. It's a podcast I do with my buddy Mike Field, where we talk about films that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular mo movie was released at the same time, or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about it, maybe don't love about it, but we always recommend you revisit it. If you're into spoopy stuff, <laughs> we are doing our third annual Forgotten Horror, which is awesome. We cover four movies. We're actually uh, talking about two John Carpenter movies uh, inadvertently uh, this this season. <laughs> Uh, in the Mouth of Madness and Prince of Darkness. As you're listening to this, if this episode, you're listening to this episode when it's new, Prince of Darkness has just come out. Uh, we're also doing Let's Scare Jessica to Death and 30 Days of Night. Nice. So check out Forgotten Horror. Check out the other two seasons. Keep it spoopy, y'all. Uh, they're really fun for me to edit because I do fun intros. So if you like kind of creepy intros, <laughs> uh, those are all there. And uh, check out my audiobooks. It's spoopy season. They're mostly horror books. Uh, I've got The Final Girl, which is like an 80s horror slasher book. I've got Coffee at Midnight and Progressive Entrapment. Both are short story books. Progressive Entrapment leans more toward the grotesque for sure. I've also got The Murder of Kelly Christopher, which is a horror fans kind of murder mystery where uh, it's who what happened to an old murder or an old horror movie actress. And it's about a bunch of podcasters trying to figure that out. <laughs> podcasters how meta uh and i've also got a horror book called sour which is like an evil dead meets appalachian fairy tale book where i do a bunch of fun southern accents and it's really just a really creepy like two guys versus a witch in the woods kind of uh book which is really really cool uh, all those books are available on the audible store from amazon uh if you have the audible subscription just use your free month's credit i still get paid for it but i don't get paid for these books unless you guys uh, drop some money down so it costs like nothing to get these audiobooks give me a little cheddar yo <laughs> uh, check them out i think they're really fun i don't write them i just narrate them uh but i do give it like a little uh little actor's expertise in there put some emotion put some nice nice voices in there check them out and a special thanks for our theme which was composed and performed by joe reichert until next time cheers, cheers. It's so weird we don't both have a beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>